Thank you for choosing to listen to another exciting teaching from Revive Church. Please join us at either of our two Sunday morning locations, 9 a.m. at Revive Bitterroot, 3909 Highway 93 in Stevensville, or 10 a.m. at 2811 Latimer in Missoula. We also have a 6 p.m. evening service at 130 East Broadway in downtown Missoula. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your lives. May God richly bless you in the upcoming year. If you can find uh, the Gospel of Mark, uh, chapter 6, I'm Josh, I lead the team here. Uh, I missed you guys last week. We were down at uh, Revive Bitterroot, our church service that's down there that meets at uh, 9 a.m., right at the corner of 93 and the turn into Stevensville. There's a subway right there, and uh, we rent space behind the subway for our bitter congregation. It was fun walking in, and Jim and, Su- Jim who led, and Suzanne, who led worship today, were there. And I go, hi. And they said, we didn't know you were coming. And I said, well, I didn't know you were coming, but um, it's really fun to see how God has expanded us into uh, these other congregations and reach. The re- there's a load of people I met I've never met that have come in because we now have a church in the Bitterroot. So continue to pray for that. Continue to pray for our downtown congregation Sunday nights at... Uh, six, uh, <clears throat> pray for the, the team that's doing that. Well, I'm ex- really excited about, uh, been excited about this message. My voice uh, and throat isn't as excited, so uh, I may try to keep my words uh, more brief. I know you don't believe that, um, but Mark chapter six, a few weeks ago we started a series of talks called uh, Christianity around a table, not just a temple. Around a table and not just a temple. The first message I did was about the Syrophoenician woman who came uh, and begged for Jesus to heal her daughter. And uh, remember the story, said, uh, she said to him, even the dogs get the crumbs from the, ma- the master's table. And so uh, how many know at Jesus' table, there's enough to feed the whole world? There's enough to feed the whole world. Last week, Bruce preached about the power of an ordinary meal. And today, I want to talk to you about um, a revolutionary meal, a a revolution. Who wants a revolution? Ah, All right. Um, Let's go. Mark chapter, we will settle for nothing less. Uh, Mark 6, verse 30, the story of the feeding of the 5,000. The apostles returned. To Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest for a while. And for many uh, were coming and going, and they had no leisure, even time to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place. You could underline that in your Bible if you are prone to, to write in your Bible. Uh, They went to this desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd. He had compassion on them because they were like, here's an underlining spot, sheep without a shepherd. You can make note of that. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his very kind disciples I added that part, Uh, came to him and said, this is a desolate desolate place and the hour is late. Send them away so they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages to get by themselves something to eat. 
But Jesus, he answered them, you give them something to eat. You, that word you is important. And they said, uh, so they're kind of sarcastic. Shall we go buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, we have five loaves and two fish. And he commanded them all to sit down in the groups of the green grass. And so they sat down in groups by hundreds and fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and he said a blessing. And he broke the loaves and gave it to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the fish among them. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces of fish. And those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. What a story, right? What a meal. These, there's these amazing meals uh, through, the, through the Gospels. And uh, this meal isn't, as I dug into it and, and started to study this, it's not really, we think of, um, we think of Jesus, how, this is like warm fuzzy, right? Jesus had a picnic, right? A Jesus multiplied food, and the families were there, and they had blankets down on the grass, and Jesus, but really, it's, it's not really about that. This story is about a revolutionary meal. It's about a revolution, and uh, let me show you. So there's three things. This is a revolutionary meal. It's served by unqualified meal servers, and it's going to be, it's going to come about, it's going to uh, climax because of a shocking revolutionary act. Those are the three things this text is about. Uh, and you're staring at me like a cow stares at a new gate. <laughs> when Jesus wanted to get away, um, he was tired. They went across the sea, and the region they went to, when they went to this desolate place, when they went to this far out of the way place, they were literally going, and, and, and unless you study the context and look at the commentaries, we I've missed this. I, I've never seen this. Uh, they were going to the hotbed uh, of the zealots. The rebels who wanted to overthrow Rome uh, were there. This is where they lived. This is where they congregated. So they're going to this far place, and these rebels come out of the woodwork. They come out because uh, they've heard of what Jesus has done, and they, wanna, they want Jesus on there. They want Jesus to lead them, wouldn't you? In John, in fact, in John's gospel, John 6, 32, uh, in reference to this time, it says they went out to m make Jesus king by force. So these zealots are, are, are coming to meet with Jesus, and they want to make him king. They want him to lead a revolution, right? And so Jesus really is, he truly is a revolutionary leader, but he's not going to do it in the way they want to do it. In fact, we hear, hear it taught that uh, that's 5,000 men. That's probably 5,000 heads of homes, right? So that could mean there's 10,000 people there, including women and children. But one commentator said it literally could be 5,000 men. We don't know because they're in the desert, and this is where the rebels are. And they're coming to uh, see in Numbers 27. Uh, we, read, we read in the text where Jesus said he had compassion on them because they were helpless, like what? Sheep without a shepherd. He's quoting Numbers 27. If we could pop that up, Ephraim. 
Moses spoke to the Lord, saying, let the Lord, Moses is about to go home, and he's praying to God for a new leader for Israel. Uh, the God of the spirits of all flesh, appoint a man over the congregation who shall go up before them and come in before them who shall lead them and bring them in that the congregation of the Lord may not be as sheep that have no shepherd. So the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, son of Nun, a man in whom the spirit is and lay your hands on him. So Jesus is having compassion. He is being pastoral as he sees the crowds. But what comes to mind is this text, and any time through the Old Testament, when Israel is mentioned as a sheep without a shepherd, it's talking about not having a leader. And so Jesus is thinking of this as he sees the crowd, and he knows they want a leader. He knows they want to overthrow Rome, but he's not that kind of leader. Can I hear an amen? They were looking for the wrong kind of, usually a, a revolutionary, when, he, when the troops come and the troops gather and come on, let's, you know, you see something wrong with the world and you want to change it. Uh, usually the leader will hand out weapons. Still happens in the Middle East today, right? There's a revolutionary leader, people gather, the rebels come, and he gives them weapons. Jesus didn't do that. He opened the word the Bible says, and he taught them. So he gave them word, and then he gave them bread. He opened their hearts, and he, he brought a word to them. Uh, one commentary said this about this scripture. He said, it's clear from this account that Jesus will not uh, march to the populist or militaristic drumbeat. Here in Mark, uh, he disavows the zealot model of liberation, but he does not disavow liberation. Jesus wants to come and bring freedom, but he's not going to do it through this uh, kind of political, military kind of power, right? And so uh, what he's doing here, and Jesus, just like in uh, Matthew 4.4, 4, uh, he said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of God, he starts to teach them. He starts to preach to them. He starts to feed them and, and show them something about himself uh, that's going to affect the whole world. So this literally, this is a revolutionary meal. It's a, it's a, it's a powerful meal, but it's a meal where he's saying, I'm not going to come and be a king like you want me to be a king. I'm not going to come and take over and, and uh, march into Jerusalem and take over the throne. No, he came to give power, not to take it. He came to be a servant of all, not to be served. His method of leading was so much different. And when he saw the crowd, he's going, guys, I'm not that kind of leader. You're harassed. You are like sheep without a shepherd, but I'm coming to lead you in a different way. What do we think of when we think of Bread. What is it? Carbs? No. Um, <laughs> carbs. Uh, bread in the Bible represents life. It's life. I'm the bread of life. I'm coming. See, most, most revolutionaries deal in death, right? That's what they do. They come and every revolution starts with an act of violence, basically. And they deal in death. Jesus came and he was a revolutionary, but he dealt in life. He's saying, I'm coming to bring bread. I'm not coming to fight them in the way that you want to fight them. And no, you can't make me king by force. So he turns to these impossibly unqualified meal servers, his disciples, right? Um, who 
they have this dialogue with Jesus, and he said, um, Lord, it's a desolate place. These guys don't have any food. We've been here all day. Send them away. You know, um, I love our church conferences where we have meals. Uh, you know, we'll have a, a, if you come to a church conference often, I thought of this as reading this story. Uh, you have a schedule. And sometimes the meals aren't here, but you'll see at a conference, you'll go, maybe it's a business conference, it'll say, you know, 12 o'clock lunch on your own, right? And that basically means, hey, there's a lot of restaurants all over here on Reserve Street, and lunch is on your own. That's kind of what the disciples, they're having the conference, Jesus is the speaker, and Jesus, let's just send them off, lunch can be on their own. And his reply is in the Greek, uh, you feed them. In the Greek, the emphasis is on the word you. So you feed them. That's how I talk to my kids sometimes. You have to emphasize words, right? To um, brush your teeth. No. Um, You feed them. He's saying, You're the ones that are going to do this. And what I love, the humility in his miracle, see, he could have have done this in a number of ways, but the way he breaks the bread and he hands it to them, it's not like a magician or a wizard. He could have walked through and just, boom, boom, you know, made this beautiful buffet. After he flew in over Galilee like Iron Man, you know, the... You know, land on the beach and, and bow down and follow me. Yes, master, we'll do your bidding. He, he's not that way. He just takes the bread. He blessed it and broke it. And then he gave it to them. Because he, it, it wasn't about getting the attention to see how great I am. He, he wanted them to see the, the meaning of, of the, the bread and what it's going to mean to us as believers. But these guys are so... Uh, unqualified. They're going, well, this is impossible. And don't you love it? Here's the clue. God's into doing the impossible in our lives. In fact, if we don't have impossible tasks, I would say we're not living up or hearing the call of God on us as a church. If we only accept tasks equal to our powers, we're not responding to who God is and what he wants. You know, we need him. This isn't going to work without him. How many love the um, Princess Bride? You know that's, that story, the, the movie, there's Wesley and Fezzik and um, who's the Spaniard, Nigo, uh, Nigo Montoya, you kill my father, prepare to die. Um, they rescue Wesley, who's supposed to free his princess, Princess Buttercup. My kids love this story. Um, I tell it at bedtime my, in my own way, but um, you got to see it. Wesley was mostly dead all day, and it was a miracle Max, like, gives him a thing, and he's like, and um, they're going to leave, and the, I think it's the wife or the husband said, have fun storming the castle, and they go to leave, and do you think they'll make it? No, it'll take a miracle, right? Guys, that's us. You think, you think you're going to make it? No, it takes a miracle, we, Jesus standing there blessing the bread and breaking it, saying, this is, if I'm going to lead you guys and if you're going to follow me into what I really have, this is going to take a miracle. So he need, you feed them. I want you to see what's available if you step out in faith 
And no, they didn't do anything special. They just walked out with the bread that Jesus blessed and broke, and it fed the multitudes. Here's this meal that's feeding the multitudes. You feed them. It's so great. Our city food, there's so many ways to serve in this church, but the food ministry, uh, four to 5,000 pounds of food a week. We're, we're, we're giving out literal food, but really underneath it, we want to say, man, we love you, and God loves you, and God has a plan for your life. You can serve in Encounter Weekend Ministry and our Prayer Lift Ministry that's coming with uh, prayer and care. You can serve. Jennifer always does amazing ladies groups. We have an amazing men's uh, breakfast coming up in a few weeks as we roll out a men's ministry. Roger has one flyers back there. But I, I believe God's asking us, uh, you feed them. You, you know, Church isn't just about a few pastors or a few worship leaders. It's about a, a body of believers that catches a vision, that sees that God wants to move through them. And I think God would say to us, here, take the bread. Take it to the city. That's what we're doing with, with Sober Bowl, having an event. Um, I love, Bruce, how you said Jesus was a party animal. He was. He was at all these parties and meals, and, and they did accuse him of being a glutton and a wine-bibber. At the Sober Bowl, we're going to be gluttons. There's be no wine bibbing, <laughs> right? Uh, we want to have, provide a place for people in recovery or people who would love to be in recovery and have a good time, have, watch the game and have fun, and, and, uh, but encourage people. At halftime, the, the, the bread we're going to hand out is going to be testimonies. Last year, uh, I think it was Justin Timberlake, 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 um, I'm up on, I'm pretty cool, uh, popular culture, kind of a pastor guy. Uh, he did the halftime, and we said, you know, we watched the game, we're all in here, we watched the game on these big screens, tons of food out there, but we got up and said, hey, I know some of you like to watch the halftime show, it's amazing how they get that whole setup into the stadium and out in like 25 minutes, like, that is incredible. Uh, we said you can watch Justin uh, later on YouTube, but in here we're going to have stories of recovery, of people who have, who have needed that miracle, people that wake up every single day and they count on God, they count on a miracle. They, 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 uh, God, we, I, I need you to live. You know, God, I need you to guide me. I need you to, to help me. And so we did that, and I, I think it's a, a great idea to bring light to our city. Missoula was ranked... Uh, I, I know people can have a drink and watch the game. Our city was ranked uh, 13 drunkest cities in the nation. And so you can imagine the, the effects that has uh, on people that have no moderation, that have no self-control, all the social issues and the, the abuse and the, the, the finances on families because of addiction. And so the bread we want to give uh, is going to be a miracle in someone's life. And so the ministry fair today and next week is about saying, God, I don't, maybe you won't have a huge part, but I'll, I'll take bread. I'll serve. I'll, I'll, I'll serve behind the scenes. I'll be an usher. I'll, I'll help. Why? Because it helps this church that reaches our city for the gospel. Are you with me? And let's, let's be praying. Join with me in prayer for uh, God to work some huge miracles in the lives of people through a simple city event. Can we do that? So these guys, um, imagine how they must have felt when they came back with 12 baskets full of bread. 
Our God is the God of multiplication, more than enough. The God who uh, is abundant. He's an ever-present help in times of trouble. They wanted to say, no, lunch on their own. No, Jesus is totally hospitable. No, let's have them be here. You guys feed them. And so this might be a personal challenge to you. Maybe you've been looking for other people to lead you in your faith, but there comes that we do need help. We do need encouragement. You do need pastors. You do need community group leaders. But there's times you have to lead yourself, and maybe God's saying you feed them. Maybe it's getting involved in something new that God's been challenging you with, and you're going to step out and see God multiply the fish and loaves. Uh, Finally, uh, this revolutionary meal, what he's showing us as he uh, is doing this is uh, he's getting ready to, to uh, he's speaking about this shocking revolutionary act. Every revolution, as I said, is started by a shot over the bow, you know, take the city, uh, charge, you know, dump the tea into the harbor, right? Every revolution, there's an act of violence. So I thought you said Jesus deals in life. He does to us, right? He deals life to us. Death was going to be dealt to him. The act of violence would be the cross. We're going to get ready in a moment and receive communion, but I want you to think about how this uh, verse ties to the Last Supper. Uh, In our text, it said in verse 41, this is really the key. He sat down, taking the lo- in, into groups, fifties and hundreds, and he took the five loaves and the two fish, and he looked to heaven, and he blessed, he, he said a blessing, and he broke it. There's two verbs. Literally what it says, he blessed, and he broke. He blessed, and he broke, and then he gave it out. It's the exact same phrase used in Mark 14, 22 when he's at the Last Supper and they were eating, he took the bread and after blessing it, he broke it and he said, take and eat, this is my body broken for you. What he's showing them at at this meal that we looked at is, guys, if we're going to start a revolution, if you want me to be a revolutionary leader, it's not going to be in the way that you want. I'm not going to come and take things by force. I'm coming to be broken. I'm coming to uh, climb up on the cross, and, and this, which would be the act of violence that would start this revolution that we call Christianity. What happened on the cross? Um, and actually, Jim, uh, you and the team can come as we get ready to uh, receive communion. Guys, if we... The need for revolutions come about because we see a need for change, right? You see, look out into the culture and you go, man, this has to stop. This has to change. Someone must do something. <laughs> for Chris and I with Sober Bowl, it was, uh, we tried to take our family to a, a fun event in town and it, it wasn't the atmosphere we wanted our kids in. So, revolution Sober Bowl, <laughs> um, Right? You, see, you see a need and you, you, have to, you feel like you have to do something. Um, this revolution, uh, the act, the revolutionary act that started it was the cross. And Jesus, on the, anytime you see Jesus blessing and breaking something, 
there's a clue there. It's a, something we have to see. See, on the cross, as he's nailed to the cross and his accusers uh, and people are looking at him and they're hurling insults, do you remember what he said to them? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He blessed them, and then he broke. Jesus' blessing and breaking. And so when we have the bread and we have the cup, and it reminds us uh, of not only how he lived, but what happened to him. Uh, today, I know it's a unique look at this text in Scripture, but Jesus is our revolutionary leader. And his body was broken. His blood was shed. And we can follow uh, him in two ways. And, and we're reminded of a couple things of communion uh, before I have you come. But we're reminded, A, of his substitutionary sacrifice he made. And the example it is for how we should live. So the substitution. Jesus took our place on the cross for our sin so we can be free. And that's someone worth following, our humble leader whose body was broken. Uh, his example that was set that to us, well, man, if we're going to live, if, if we see how he lived, and that affects how the church lives today, how powerful would that be? So those two things, if we see the sacrifice and we see his example and we follow those, we will, you will be a revolutionary for the gospel. Mm. And so the feeding of the 5,000 is, is more than a picnic. It's saying, man, come join me in this fight to bring the true bread of life to the world. Let's uh, stand to our feet, if you would. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of your lives. May God richly bless you in the upcoming year.